what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Spreading the News. And this is not a typical episode that you're going to get today. This is actually, I can't even say this is episode 20. Do we even consider this episode 20? No, no, no. This yeah, is this not is episode 20. A, this is a little why special. Not? Why is it not episode 20? Maybe we should have talked about this before we recorded. No. This is not episode 20. <laughs> what are you going to call it? Episode nineteen point five. I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Th- I didn't even. I wasn't even going to call it an episode. Just like instead of the episode number in the name, it would just be like emergency pod colon trade, and trade then special like, trade special. Yeah, right. Like, emergency because like it's an emergency one, like midweek. I don't. Know. So this is not an episode. Episodes are every Monday. Tomorrow's not Monday. Tomorrow when isn't Monday. Be out when this will be out. Right, so this is not a this is not an episode. This is our trade deadline special today. We've got a fun, fun emergency pod episode. A lot went down today. A lot of big, big, major moves. As you guys can see, as you guys can hear, Brian and Danny are both here today. Brian, I'll start with you as I always do. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. We had a busy couple of days. I mean, I actually think I um, like broke my phone because I'm going back and forth between texting you guys on Twitter so much that my phone was like not working for most of the day. <laughs> over there, um, right? Like it was eventful. It was fun. Um, like it's kind of weird to be over now after all the moves that were made, but I'm excited to get into it. Me too. I'm very excited. Uh, Danny, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing great. Like Brian said, a very fun day of baseball. Very fun couple of days of baseball. The trade deadline was slow. And then it picked up. It really picked up and it ended up not being slow. And we've been looking forward to doing an emergency pod like this all season. We couldn't wait for the trade deadline to like a big trade for the Yankees to happen. We get on that night and put an episode out early or not an episode. This isn't even like as emergency as I think we probably would have wished for, but um, we're definitely trying to get that content out. So here we are before the hype dies down a little bit. Here we are with the trade deadline special. So first we're going to start off with, of course, we're going to start off with, actually, this is going to be different. So we're going to go around the league and talk about our winners and losers of the deadline very briefly. And then we're going to go into the Yankees acquisitions that they made, um, how everything stacks up. It's been an eventful day as a Yankee fan. So, but let's just jump right in, boys. Um, we're going to start off with our winners of the 2022 Major League Baseball trade deadline. Let's start off with, let's see, who do I want to start off with between the two of you? Let's start off with, you know what? Let's start off with Danny because he's smiling. He looks like he's ready to go. <laughs> ah, such a great day. It's so much fun. Love, I love when players switch teams. I love it. Unless like good players are leaving the Yankees, but love it. It's fun. Freshens the league up. But my winner is, and it pains me to say it, is the Houston Astros. I liked what the Astros did from their perspective, not from our perspective, but they filled the need in catcher and they traded with the Red Sox for Christian Vasquez. Uh, they gave up their number 12 and number 21 prospect for Christian Vasquez. And Christian Vasquez has had a, a really good season behind the plate. He's, we know he's fine defensively, but this year he really has come around offensively. I know he has, he's been very inconsistent offensively, but this is the middle of one of his good years. He's hitting 282, 759 OPS. It's two, hitting 282. Did I say 252? Yeah. He's hitting 282, which is really, really good, especially for a catcher. Never see a catcher really with that high of an average. Uh, 327 on base, 432 slugging, good for a 759 OPS. And as we know, Martin Maldonado, we know their pitchers over there love when he's catching because he's good behind the plate, but he's not good with the bat unless he's versus the Yankees because, as we know, shitty hitting catchers. But, yeah, I think that was great. Shitty hitting catcher that always kills us, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this year, not so shitty. And he's had some not-so-shitty years in the past, but, yeah. 
he was once the shitty hitting catcher that is. But yeah, I, I've never liked Christian Vasquez. I hate him. I hate him on the Red Sox and it's not going to get much better on the Astros. Then what they did yesterday, literally two minutes after the Yankees made a big move and that we'll talk about later. I don't want to spoil that move. If you don't know it, you probably do. But they got Trey Mancini from the Baltimore Orioles. Um, the Baltimore Orioles were a very weird team in the spot. Nobody knew what they were going to do coming into the trade deadline. Uh, and they decided to trade Trey Mancini to the Houston Astros. That was part of a three-team deal. The Orioles got from the Astros Chase McDermott, who, and I've never heard of this Chase McDermott guy, and and you go and look at his stats. He's still in high A at 23 years old. When you're in high A at 23 years old, not good. And not only is he in high A, he has a 550 ERA in high A this season, which is not good. Not good. And then they also gave up, they gave to the Rays, Jose Siri. Uh, Jose Siri is an outfielder, very fast. He's not great at the plate, but he is very fast. I'm pretty sure he's good at defense. Uh, you know, the Brett, the Rays did just DFA Brett Phillips. So that he's kind of, Jose Siri is probably going to take that like role filler. He's going to be a speed guy and whatever, but I'm not talking about the Rays. Great move, Trey Mancini. He's had a solid season. Again, just another good, bat, good, solid bat in the lineup. We all know Trey Mancini. We know his story. Um, great story. And he is in the top half of the league in, or like he is above league average in on-base percentage. He has a 347, so he knows how to get on base. He is always an annoying at bat when we're facing the Orioles. Uh, 268 batting average, 751 OPS. Uh, he hasn't had as much home run production as he's used to and as, as we're used to seeing. But he has been able to make up for that in other ways. And then they did a nice little uh, veteran pitcher swap. They acquired Will Smith, and they gave up Jake Odorizzi, who – do you remember when Jake Odorizzi was a hot name for the Yankees to get at one point? Uh, yep. Good thing they didn't. He's not the best. But, hey, Will Smith, he's been – you know, he's had a good career. He hasn't been as good this season, but – you know, they probably see something in him. He's a good guy to come out in the bullpen sixth or seventh when you need a guy to get some outs. Just Astros, they didn't make the big splashes like acquiring these stars, but all around they just got, got solid players because we know their team is filled with stars and they have a really good team. So these pieces just to solidify the few holes they had uh, is great. Good for them. Uh, not good for us in the playoffs, but for them. Yeah, don't, they don't need – just they proved they didn't need to get more big stars. It's Phil Holes. Like you said, Danny, um, Astros got better, and that's what you do with the trade deadline. Teams either get better in the long term or the short term, and the Astros got better in the short term, which is not good for us, but we'll see how everything unfolds in the playoffs. Um, yeah, wait. Brian, let's go to you now. So, like I said, short term, long term. Um, who do you have as your winner in either the short term or the long term? Well, I mean, dude, this is a clear winner of the whole trade deadline, and we, we were talking about it before. We didn't really like want to do it because it's so obvious, but like you can't really talk about this trade deadline without talking about the San Diego Padres. I mean, they didn't stop. When you thought they were done, they weren't. Um, their GM, AJ Preller, a uh, Long Island boy, born in Huntington Station, went to Walt Whitman High School. I mean, he really? went nuts. Yeah, he went nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with Hayter on Monday. Uh, they traded Taylor Rogers, Denison Lamette, Esther Ruiz, and Robert Gasser for Josh Hader, who, you know, has been – Another guy like we wanted the Yankees to trade for for a while, but he's like around the league known as like, you know, one of the filthiest left-handed relievers in the game, having a bit of a down year. He's got a 4.24 right now, but it's Josh Hader. Like he's, he's going to help him out in the playoffs. Um, so that was the first thing they did. Like we, we were talking about it yesterday, Chase. Like once we heard the rumors about him, we wanted the Yankees to swoop in and get him. 
Uh, but and it was quick too. Like, yeah, like Pre- Preller would not be stopped the whole two days. So that was the first thing they did. Um, and then it came to the big news. The Juan Soto news dropped, and they gave a haul. They gave up Robert Hassel, top prospect, CJ Abrams, who we're trying to figure out if he's still a prospect or not, if he's exceeded his limits, but he was a top prospect at one point. Um, if not, if he hasn't exceeded his limits, Mackenzie Gore, who is also their top prospect, one of their top prospects. Um, I, um, oh my God, what's his name? <laughs> the kid, the wood kid is really good. I've, I've been seeing, I've been hearing about him for a while. Um, what and then Harlan Suarez? I can't read the end. Luke Voigt, which my guy, my guy Luke. I, I don't know. Like these prospects are tough to keep track of because they they did give a lot. Those are a lot of top prospects there. I, I saw before since MLB.com won't let you look at prospects from a day ago. I had to go back to 2021, and the the Padres gave up four of their top five prospects for Soto, and not just Soto, but Josh Bell, who's having a great year. So those are two huge bats to get in the lineup with Tatis and Machado eventually. Um, and I mean, what else can you say about getting Juan Soto and Josh Bell, which we didn't even expect. I, I did not expect yeah. them to get both. And although they gave Bahal, like for those two guys, I don't really think that was a crazy, crazy amount. Um, I mean, like you guys know that I am willing to get rid of any prospect there is. So, I mean, that was just an unreal deal for them. And then you think they're done and then they drop Brandon Drury on you um, for another <laughs> prospect. Like Yankee legend. Yeah. Yankee legend, Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury he's like, he's having a great year. Um, he's got, uh, I don't know. He, he's having a great year. I don't know what they're even going to do with him. I guess he'll be their DH now that Voight's gone, but I mean, they just have bats and bats and bats on top of the hater move. Um, and then they even, they threw in Hosmer after Hosmer rejected the Soto deal. They threw in Hosmer, Max Ferguson, Corey Rozier and cash for Jay Groom, who was the number one overall prospect in the 2016 draft draft from the Red Sox, which is kind of under the radar because they were just trying to unload Hosmer, which they did. So, I mean, it's hard not to speak about them for a while since they did so many great things. Like there's not one bad move on there and they made themselves so much better. I mean, they're, they're 11 and a half behind the Dodgers in the division. So that's kind of out the window, but they're, they're going for it. Like they're in the wild card. They're three games up on, on the uh, Phillies and St. Louis who were tied behind them. Um, but they, they're going for it and they might have the best roster in the league now. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't they're know. Really good. It's a bit, yeah. It's definitely up there. And I'm gonna like I'm gonna bring the Padres name back up when I talk about my loser. But again, a very underrated piece because obviously when you get Juan Soto, any other person that comes into that trade package is gonna be a little underrated. If if you're getting anyone else, you didn't think you are getting anyone else. But Josh Bell, arguably, we know obviously Juan Soto is great. He's obviously better than Josh Bell. But honestly, you can make the argument that Josh Bell has had an even better season than Juan Soto has so far. I mean, he's hitting over 300. Uh, 384. He only has, only has 14 home runs, but you know, you don't need him really to be that power guy. 877 OPS. I really, I love that they were able to get Josh Bell in that deal. I wouldn't, I did not expect them to give up both in a trade with Soto. We did know or assume that they were going to give up Josh Bell, but we assumed if anybody was going to be going to another team with Soto, it was going to be Patrick Corbin. The fact that they didn't have to take on Patrick Corbett's contract and they got two guys that'll help them win right now and help maybe even help them catch the Dodgers. I mean, they got a long way to go to catch the Dodgers, but right now they're solidified in the second spot of the wild card. And we know there's three now. So this is just going to make them better. And maybe they can make a push at division, but definitely in the playoffs, they're going to be a scary team for the national league to face. 
not only did they did they um, not have to take on Corbin, they they unloaded Hosmer, who's on a terrible yeah. deal. Yep. He's on an eight-year, $144 million deal, and he's been awful. Yeah. He's not a, uh, not a free agent until 2026. So, like, now the Red Sox are stuck with him, and we'll get into them later. But um, I, I don't know how he did it. I mean, the guy's a magician. <laughs> yeah, and I was go- – I was um... – I feel bad for Luke Voigt, though, because he wasn't supposed to be part of that trade. When the deal first came out, it said all these prospects and then one other major leaguer. And I thought to myself, I didn't say it. I thought to myself, like, oh, man, that's going to be Luke Voigt. But then it came out that it was Eric Hosmer. So I'm like, Luke Voigt stays a winner. But then Hosmer, no trade clause, doesn't want to go. And then Luke Voigt ends up going into the trade. Sucks, man. And now he's on the worst team in baseball, one of. And we know know how much Luke Voigt loves winning, right? Yeah. We saw it in the Bronx. Um, Not that he ever won anything in the Bronx, really, but. True. But speaking of um, going for it, like, Brian, you said the Padres are going for it, and all great points by you, Brian. And obviously, I think we could all probably – I mean, I'm in agreement with you, Brian. I think the Padres are probably my main winner of the deadline. I mean, how could they not be, right? Mm -hmm. But speaking of going for it, and my winner of the deadline, um, Seattle Mariners – uh, really, really did go for it. And I, I think that the re- the reason why this trade is kind of not the obvious choice for being a winner at the deadline. Um, but like you said, Brian, like they're going, the Mariners here are going for it. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. That's before we're born. So we haven't been, or sorry, the Mariners haven't been in the playoffs since obviously we've been alive. And that's absolutely insane to think about that, about that. So uh, the Mariners went out. They made a splash. They got Luis Castillo for who's been a guy that we really wanted, um, and they traded uh, Noel Noel V Marte, the number one, their number one overall prospect in their system, the shortstop, 18th prospect in all of baseball. Edwin Arroyo, who is their number three overall prospect, um, Levi Stout, the number five prospect, and Andrew Moore. Um, so he's not ranked, but so I'm assuming he was probably just throw in, um, but. I think the reason why this makes the Mariners a winner, like I said, is because they're going for the playoffs and because they signed Robbie Ray in the offseason. And, you know, he's they signed him to be that. He's the reigning Cy Young Award winner. They signed him to be that number one in the rotation. He just like hasn't he just hasn't been that guy um, as their number one. So going out and getting a true number one, which is what Luis Castillo has been this year, just to give you some perspective, as if you guys don't already know from our previous coverage with him, he's tossing a 286 this year um, with. And through 85 85 innings pitched with a 1.071 whip. So, I mean, the numbers speak for himself. And we watched him dominate us in the Bronx. And he's actually pitching against us tomorrow. So hopefully the Yankees can get to him a little bit. Uh, So he's making his debut with Seattle. But, um, and again, Logan Gilbert also has looked good this year. And the Mariners just want to go out. And they wanted that, you know, extra insurance to make sure that they get that solidified starter if they do in fact make the playoffs because they're fighting for that wild card spot. And if they do, who knows? They could, I mean, we we've seen like, even like, I don't want to bring up last year, but like last year we saw how hot they got. Like, do you guys remember that? Yeah. That run that they I mean, went on even right before the all-star break, they were on a 14 game winning streak. Right. Going the all-star break. This like year. the Mar- the Mariners, like, I feel like every year get really like sneaky hot. So if they can get like really hot, bef- like going into the playoffs, if they end up making it to that point, I think and they could keeping be that momentum. Too. Yeah. Exactly. I think they could be a sneaky team in the American League and seeing like with these with this move that they made and they made a couple other moves, um, not as as splashy, I guess you could say, but uh, they traded for Jake, Jake Lamb, um, which was just for cash considerations. And they traded for a backup catcher, Kirk Casale, as some extra added insurance. But 
um, yeah, like I said, if the Mariners can sneak their way into the playoffs, um, I think they can make some noise with with this trade that they made for Luis Castillo. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And also, just wanted to do a quick honorable mention, um, the Cincinnati Reds got a really good haul for this trade, so they can even be considered winners in this deal too. Um, like I said, they got the one, three, and five prospects in the Mariner system, so we'll, we have to see how everything plays out. But that's who my winner is of this year's trade deadline. Yeah, no, and I like what you said about uh, Logan Gilbert. He's really looked like an up-and-coming ace this season. He's been really, really good for him until he stepped into the Bronx tonight, but he's been really, really good for them all year. But like you said, they wanted something more solidified. They wanted that solidified ace that's proven he could do it. And I think Luis Castillo, I think they will make the playoffs. I think they'll stay in that playoff spot. And uh, yeah, they are a sneaky team in the playoffs. Come playoff time. That's what you see too with the expanded playoffs now. There's a lot of teams who aren't really used to going all in, not all in, but going for it. They're going for it now. There's extra spots. Like anything can happen. Um, And Chase, like you said, the Mariners do get hot like at some point every year. So now, I mean, it's, it's it's nice to see them. I mean, you feel bad for the fans. I haven't been to the playoffs in 21 yeah. years. Like, yeah. you think that drought's going to end soon. Um, Hopefully, you know, if the Yankees see them, they can get by them. But, like, they they did a lot of good things. And we know before this, we were all saying Castillo was on the top of our list of targets. Um, the Yankees obviously didn't get him. The Mariners did. Yeah. Um, so, so they did a lot of good things. And that's that's what they should have done. I mean, you got to get back after 21 years. But they will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did give up a lot. I think I they gave up more to the Reds than I thought was going to be give, given up for Luis Castillo. And again, that's why the Reds could also be considered winners of this too. But when you're going, when you need that ace, when you think that's the thing that's going to, when you think that's the piece that's going to push you over the top and give you that edge in the playoffs, then you go out and do it. That's what I've been, what we've been trying to preach to, with Cashman and how, like, it doesn't matter if you give up a little bit extra value. If that piece is going to win you a world series right now, go out and do it. Right. Uh, and, and on top of that, like I said, like the Mariners could be a wild card team. So, and we know it's not just a one and done anymore. So, yeah, I mean, if you have Luis Castillo in your first game and you have say Robbie Ray, if he gets hot or Logan Gilbert, they mm-hmm. could get past that wild card. It's much better than having, you know, Robbie Ray is the one and Logan Gilbert is a two. So, yeah. And, and I mean, right now, just like San Diego, they're also in the two spot of the wild card. So again, they got better from this deadline. So it's hard to see them slowing down and missing the playoffs at this rate, because if they just stay where they are, they're in the playoffs. And I think they, Luis Castillo will at least make them stay where they are. If not make them better, obviously. Right. And also with every trade deadline, there's always winners and there's always losers. Hey, but we did want to do the honorable mention of the twins who also did a good job. We're not going to talk anything about them, but they Go got three, it. they got three. We're not really going to talk any about them again into detail. Just want to say they got three good pitchers, Jorge Lopez, Tyler Maley, and Michael Fulmer guys that again, they're at the top of their division, but they're clawing. They're obviously not one of the top teams in the American league. And they're just trying to hold on to the division spot. Cause probably whoever comes in second in that division probably isn't making a wild card spot. So you got to win that division to make it in. So, Yeah. And um, speaking of Jorge Lopez, Danny, um, my loser, mm-hmm. we're just going to go straight into it. My loser of the trade deadline is the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And you might, you might be thinking, why, why are the Orioles your loser of the trade deadline? They're the Baltimore Orioles. Well, the Baltimore Orioles are, I think, like two and a half games, I think, outside of the top wild card spot. Or whatever, they're one, whenever... at the third, the third wild card spot. They're one and a half outside the third wild card okay. spot. So. so, yeah. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're right currently in the thick of things. And um, they went out and they were sellers and, and all, like, how do you, okay. So here's what happened with the trade. Okay. I'll just go through the trade that I may think made them the losers. So they traded Jorge Lopez. Who's been arguably the most lockdown closer in baseball this year. Um, they traded him for, and forgive me if I botch any of these names, because these names look pretty tough. 
as I'm looking at them again. So they traded um, Yenier Cano, right-handed pitcher. Probably. Just kidding. Um, Cade Pavich, left-handed pitcher. Juan Nunez, right-handed pitcher. And left-handed pitcher, Juan Rojas. And the reason why I have them as a loser here, so like I said, Jorge Lopez has been one of the best closers in baseball this year. And the Orioles got back with who was the 12th ranked prospect um, in the twin system as the headliner of the package. So you would think for one of the best closers in baseball this year, you could probably get a little bit more than that. Um, and also, but not even just like for their return in terms of why I have them as a loser. How do you sell to your team, team of young guys who've been fighting all year? We saw that that win streak they went on earlier a couple weeks back and how do you sell to the team as an owner as a manager that you're selling at the deadline when you're about to make play not not about to make playoffs but you have a chance at making the playoffs to make this run i feel like it's it's bad management it's bad as an owner it looks bad on the organization um so not even just from like the the jorge lopez trade standpoint i think it's just a bad look for the organization and that's why the orioles are my loser of the 2022 trade deadline yeah, no, I, I look the Orioles. Yeah, I know they're in our division and, you know, I don't like to like teams in our division, but they're, they've been all year of just that fun, scrappy, young team. You, there's always those teams every now and then that come up and they're just young and they're hungry and they're just playing to play. They're, play, they're having fun playing and they're winning. Um, and this is the first time the Orioles has seen some I mean, they're above 500 in August. When was the last time that happened for them? So again, like you said, to, what does that say to your team? Like they're playing their ass off right now, just, just to make them one and a half games out of the wildcard spot. And you go and you trade all these players and your sellers at the deadline. And the big one, obviously, like I mentioned in the Astros one, Trey Mancini. I mean, that's not only, not only a good player, that's a fan favorite. Everybody loves Trey Mancini in Baltimore. Like he is, you think Baltimore Orioles, you think Trey Mancini. And the fact that he was one of the, Sellers, I'm sure Baltimore fans are very upset as we were about Montgomery. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say anything about Yankees trades, but um, yeah, just re- really weird. And I'm honestly like, yeah, whatever. That's one less team for the Yankees to have to worry about. Come playoff, time, whatever. But I'm angry at that. I'm angry. Like these, like Jorge Mateo, former Yankee. He's probably fucking pissed. He's been playing his ass off. Just ah, uh, it and sucks. Most of all, it's not fair to the fans, you know. Yeah, it sounds fair, fair to the fans. To First time you're good in a while. And, yeah, and but. Ah, just sucks. Just sucks to see that. We were just talking about that with the Mariners fans. I mean, that's the, like that's the duality of man right there. You're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be. I mean, it's it's. Too, I mean, especially the Orioles. Like we being AL East fans, just watch them be horrible for like so long, and just for them to actually have a shot and just and just kind of you know sell like we said and give up on it is weird. I mean, you know, the front office is pushing for the future. We'll see if that works out for them. They do have a lot of young guys. If they get these prospects back, they come up, they could really be a good team. Like they're, they're a good story right now. They could be a good team in a few years. So I'm not going to totally bash what the front office did, but um, yeah, I mean, if I'm an Orioles fan, I'm sitting here pretty upset right now. Like you said, uh, Trey Mancini fan favorite, like he's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, great story. Great player. Like um, it's, I, f- I feel bad for him. And like I do like kind of secretly root for the Orioles a little like seeing how like I was enjoying like their little hot streak but who knows maybe they could rally and sneak in um so wild card spot without those two guys uh but if that's right with you guys I'm gonna keep it at least here with my loser go for it um and it's the Boston Red Sox and this isn't gonna be like Yankee fan shitting on the Boston Red Sox but I'm gonna do it anyway um, because oh they didn't really have any idea what they were doing all deadline. And their uh, GM is a younger guy, and it showed here, and his name is Chaim Bloom. 
I looked up. That's how you pronounce it. I'm like, I always known his name, but I never really knew how to say it. But yeah, he did not really know what he was doing. They didn't, they could not figure out if they were buyers or sellers. They're two games back of the wild card, but there's a lot of teams there. I mean, they're behind Cleveland, Baltimore, like we said, who have a better chance than them, uh, the White Sox, and then it's them, and they're last in the AL East. So buy or sell, whatever, you have to pick one, like the Orioles did. You can't do both. So their moves or neither. Yeah, or, or neither, yeah. So they really, like Danny mentioned before in his Astros uh, segment, that they traded Christian Vasquez to Houston. And not only did they trade, you know, that's another fan favorite in Boston, as much as we can't stand the guy. Um, You know, that's that's a guy that they look at as the heart and soul of their team. And they handled it horribly by, uh, if you guys saw the video of him being, like, yanked by his shoulder, getting interviewed in the, like by the Astros dugout when, and because they were playing the Astros when he got traded. And he was just like, I don't, it was just weird. I felt bad for him, to be honest. And that's a guy I never liked. Um, but it's just badly handled by them. And then to then they traded for his replacement. They traded Jake Diekman for Reese McGuire, who uh, in 2020 was arrested for public masturbation. So um, that's just, it's just like really like, yeah, uh, just, just like just weird, interesting moves. Like you trade Vasquez just for another catcher. I don't really understand that. Um, they got another character in Tommy Pham who's always starting fights and being weird about fantasy football. Weirdo. Nobody yeah, like, likes Tommy Pham. No. One of the most unlikable players in the whole league is now Red Sox. Makes it even easier to hate him for, for us and the rest of the league. I mean, for a player to be named later, Tommy Pham is not the same guy he was. I, I actually saw that Heim Bloom like loved him from his days at the Ray. Uh, Bloom used to be in the Rays front office, and when Pham was there, like he was in love with him. So glad he got his buddy back, but he sucks. So, um, and then so they did that. So that's like you know, they sell, sell Vasquez, then they take in Pham and McGuire, get rid of Diekman, then they then they took on the Hosmer contract, which I mentioned in the Padres one. Like, really, they, they did not really know what they're doing. I mean, t- to give them, a, like, a little benefit of the doubt, they're in a weird spot being two games out of the wild card, but behind a lot of teams and then last place in the division. But like we said, or, like, you just got to pick one. They, they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I like how you brought up their young GM, obviously, like, seeming like he's never been there before. Uh, which he hasn't, but like, yeah. And again, you said bringing back his buddy, like that's not how you manage a baseball organization. Um, but yeah, like you said, they did apps. They just did nothing. And when you're in a spot, when you're in that weird limbo, where are you a playoff team? Are you not a playoff team? Like you said, you have to pick one and they have been playing some ugly baseball over the past month or so. So I think I thought they were going to be sellers, honestly, and to only give up Christian Vasquez and then Jake Diekman for, it's just weird. Just weird because these are the trade deadline. Like these are moves that you could have made to push yourself forward for the future or make you better now. And now by doing nothing, neither of the two, you kind of just set yourself back for years to come. Because like, what are you now? You're still not really that good of a team because you didn't upgrade and you're not really set up for the future because you didn't upgrade your farm system and you didn't sell. So really, I mean, good for us as they didn't do anything, but yeah, I'm just like, what are you doing? There's a good chance Bogarts walks too next yeah, year. Yeah, and Bogarts Devers too. But I was I was just gonna say that about Bogarts. I don't know if you brought that up in your point, Brian, because I'm over here taking notes for our next point. But um, yeah, not not good for Bogarts either because he's a free agent after this year, and like you said, Brian, he might walk. So and Devers too. So we'll see what happens there, which would be awesome if they both walked because we don't want them in the Yankees because they're both so freaking good. Xander Bogarts, you are a Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, if Devers walks, that would just be absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's a Yankee killer, but that's going to be a podcast episode a couple years from now, so we'll see what happens then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Brian. So, Danny, 
we need to get to your loser now. Yeah. If you've and got if you've got it, which I know you yeah. do. My loser is gonna sound a little weird because you're gonna say, How are they a loser? They're the best team in baseball. My loser is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, like you said, like I just said, it's hard to be losers when you're the best team in baseball, but my main point of this is you just watched your rival get Juan Soto and Josh Bell and set themselves up for years. And not only, not only Juan Soto and Josh Bell, obviously, but we know that the Dodgers were firmly in the mix for Juan Soto and they were trying to bid and you get outbid by your division rival. Never fun. That's always a tough pill to swallow, but what they did get, I want to talk about, they got Chris Stratton from, yeah, they got Chris Stratton. No, Chris Martin. Shit, my bad. Chris Martin from the Cubs, who hasn't had a great year. He's a 4-3-1 ERA, but his FIP is good. So I guess that could be used on what why they wanted him. And FIP is basically how lucky a pitcher got, what should be his ERA. That's taking, like, defense out of it. Bad defense. But then the big one. They traded for the greatest New York Yankee to ever step foot in the Bronx, Joe Gallo. <laughs> they traded their 15th overall prospect for Joey Gallo. So now they're pairing up Cody Bellinger already strikeout or bust kind of guy with Joey Gallo. Who's just a strikeout or strikeout guy or strikeout or home run guy, whatever. But yeah, kind of uh, just a weird move. Well, Max Muncy or, and Max Muncy too. Yeah. It just kind of a weird deal for them. I'm, I'm, I am interested to see how they use Gallo and also for Gallo's sake, he goes from New York to Los Angeles, not really doing him any favors with the big markets and kind of fan bases. <laughs> expectations too. It's, yeah, it's expectations, almost like they fucked same him. Shit. Like it was their last, it was their last hurrah to be like, bye Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like Brian always talks us, about how so they, we're putting you in a bad situation again. Brian always talks about how they have just been setting them up for failure this whole time. So it's almost like that was like their last yeah. hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you went to the Angels, it's a different story. We know both Los Angeles, but we know Los Angeles Dodgers is different than Los Angeles Angels. But yeah, Joey Gallo, I felt bad for him. I mean, we all saw the quotes. There was even more coming out, but we're not going to get into that. Just weird, yeah. Joey Gallo, I feel like not a fit for the Los Angeles Dodgers who already have those guys that strike out a lot. Uh, I thought he would go, honestly, like, to like the Brewers or another team that's contenders that could use like a home runner bus kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, definitely when you watch your division rivals have this crazy good trade deadline and are, I would say arguably, but I don't even think it's that arguably the best trade deadline they had probably out of anybody. And again, they're 11 and a half games above the Padres. So the Padres obviously aren't going to catch them this year. Cause it's not like the Dodgers are going to be bad, but for the future, again, Padres set themselves even up better, up even better for the future. And you know, if the Padres are playing the Dodgers in the playoffs, Scary team, and you don't want to lose to your division rival, but the Padres got a lot better, and like they're waiting for Tatis to come back too. They realistically could have the best or at least one of the best rosters in Major League Baseball. Tough. Tough to watch your division rivals go in, out and do that. So. Definitely a weird rebound for them to bounce off and go up for Joe Gallo when the, like you said, the, after what the Padres did, what they did at this year's deadline. Yeah. Um, but those were our winners and losers. Um, hopefully you guys can give us some input on your winners and losers um, on our social media pages. Um, so make sure to go follow that. Spread the news on Instagram and at official STN pod on Twitter. Comment on TikTok the YouTube. coming soon. TikTok coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. But now let's get to the winners in all of our hearts because, mm -hmm. because we obviously couldn't choose this team as the winner. 
and who else but the New York Yankees? Am I right? Am I right, boys? Oh, yeah, baby. So yeah, baby. I have all the trades here listed in chronological order of what they've done since um, since they started making moves. So let's start off with their first trade of the year, which was for Ben Warfett. And so let's talk about that. No, I'm kidding. He's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> He's back. They reinstated him. He got activated today. Can so, we see? Look, me and Chase were talking about last week, Brian. And like, is Ben Warfett real? I think no. I don't think he's real. <laughs> like, think we really have no proof that he is real. Who, has has anyone seen him? him? What? I've never. I've never seen a picture of him. No, we thought, like, no, that one picture we had of him where he was looking jacked, but yeah, but it could that could totally be like AI generated. No, like that's what I, no, that's what I that's what me what I brought up uh, the other day is that like we've never seen a picture of him in Yankee stuff, so like they put this guy Ben Wartbed in the trade, so it looks like it's not just a two for two for Donaldson and IKF. They're just like probably just got like a random Jack guy out of the gym and hey, pose with a baseball bat, and we're gonna say you're going to the Yankees. Yeah, um, he's back though. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, allegedly, right, well, allegedly. Let's... Let's save let's save Rorty for um a day when he's actually back back. So we'll we'll save that for a Hopefully he's day. never actually back. But oh come um, on, get him in over over Higgy. So speaking of that trade, Gary Sanchez had to get the mention in there because we get it in every episode. But no kidding, we're gonna so we're gonna go, we're gonna blah, 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 blah. we are going to transition. I couldn't speak there to the real deadline moves. Um, me and Danny spoke on the Benintendi trade a little bit, um, when that happened in the last episode, um. Brian, if you want to give your thoughts on that, since you didn't get to do that, um, I have the trade right here for you. They gave, they got Benintendi for TJ Sycamore, Chandler, Champlain, and Beck Way. So if you want to just send your yeah. whatever you got, I'll, I'll go for it. You guys know I absolutely love this move. Um, it's like those prospects are like whatever. I mean, I remember actually TJ Sycamore being drafted. That's the only guy like I really yeah. knew, I, and I've heard the name Beck Way. Um, have no idea who Chandler Champlain is to be honest. Um, I think Benintendi like really, really fits the Yankees perfectly. Uh, he's he just gets on base so much. I'm sure you guys said all this, but gets on base so much. Contact hitter, Gold Glove caliber defense. Um, you could plug him in every day in, in the outfield. Uh, and he's in his brief, you know, few games with the Yankees. He hasn't hit much, but he's been getting on base at the rate we expect, which is what he's going to need to do. That's you know, he's the anti Joe Gallo. Um, so, and that's exactly what the Yankees needed. Um, and I'm really, really pumped um, to see how he progresses like slow start some people are more worried than others that's uh, not a big deal at all um he'll be fine those pinstripes are heavy as i told you guys today i mean it, everyone it comes yeah. to everybody you see like even some of the newer guys which we'll get into later look pretty nervous today but like, they'll figure it out the guys that we know are good like ben Intendi, he's played in boston he's played the world series like the guy knows he'll be fine like he, this yeah. isn't something new to him he's gonna be great yeah. i love 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 ben Intendi. yeah and like that's the difference between some of these guys that we have traded for that didn't work out he has the experience and that's really the big thing. Yeah, he gets on base. He hits. That's awesome. The experience. Like, when he gets to the playoffs, this is, very, this is a Yankee team who's never played in the World Series. So, well, uh, like, you know, most of the guys in there now has never, have never played in the World Series. Do the Yankees uh, have a single other guy besides him that's playing in the World Rizzo. Series? Rizzo. Rizzo. Okay, Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo. Chapman. Chapman. Mm. Ugh, gross. <laughs> gross. Derek Cole. Cole. All right, so there's a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ben Tendi. Marwin, Marwin um, Gonzalez. <laughs> Marwin Gonzalez, yeah, well, we're all right, let's stop with that. Um, if you, anybody here has watched, obviously, we've watched Andrew Benintendi's swing, but if you've played baseball, you could tell his swings have been weird. When, you, when he swings, you know how most players let go of the bat with one hand, keep one hand on the bat, and usually it's the bottom hand. 
But when he swings, he let he's lets go with his bottom hand and keeps his top hand on the bat. I have never seen anything like that before. And he does it consistently. Like I saw him do it in his first game, I think. And I'm like, huh, that was weird. I guess his hand just slipped off the bat. But it's like every at bat. Like today, he's he fouled one off and his Swing only his top hand. hand is on. Like again, I mean, that could be why he doesn't have much power, but it just I've never really seen that like before. And anybody who's played baseball, I don't know if like tell me if you've noticed this. Anybody. Like in our comment section somewhere, so if you notice this, because if you're a baseball fan and you see that, because that's the first thing I thought of, like, what the fuck is that? That is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's uh, it's a little concerning. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but like like Brian said, I'm not worried about the move, or I'm not worried about the way he's oh, yeah, playing no. so far. I mean, um, I mean, he's he's still been an on base machine for us, so he's just struck out randomly now. He starts like he's like struck out multiple yeah. times in most of the games, which he hasn't done all year. But it honestly, could you could attribute some of that maybe to just like thinking about the short porch, so taking like you know more all or nothing swings, which he's got to not do. But I'm just yeah. like he's got to just stay with himself. Like Danny, I think you said something um, about how like playing in the big Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, he changed his approach a little bit, knowing he wasn't gonna be able to hit a lot of home runs out there because it's yeah. a much bigger stadium. So he might have like be, he might have that short porch in his head. Um, but he's not a home run hitter. He's got three in the year. We don't need any more home run hitters. Uh, so he's just got to stay with himself. Stay you know bat to ball. That'd be fine. So let's let's go around the room and let's finish off each trade that we talk about that the Yankees made with a grade. So, I think then did we give we graded the Benintendi trade yeah. last week, right? What did I we said a I said a you said minus, B you said B plus at first and I convinced you to move it to an A yeah. minus, but I, I said solid a. a. I said A. I'm not quite an A plus because you know we could add Juan Soto, but I think solid. I said Brian Lat solid ninety five, right? Nice A. Brian, I have an A. That's what, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go a minus. Let's let's move on to the next trade. <laughs> let's move on to the next trade. So this trade happened yesterday morning, yesterday mid afternoon, whenever that was. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Brian, take it, take us, take us through. Let's go, do it. Oh God, the Yankees traded for Scott Efros, and I love him so much. <laughs> um, my nickname is Scotty Too Hotty for him. He's totally out of nowhere. Like it just came up. Actually, my dad like texted me like that like right as happening he's like what are the rumors and i'm like i'm not hearing a single thing and then it pops on my phone like jack curry the man by the way shout out to jack curry he oh my god dude every yankee news first like we we talked about him before but, like that guy is the man there's nobody better at his he job is. than jack curry is um dude, but he's, yeah, he's, every, he's on you every see, yankee rumor before anyone yeah and I you think, see passing someone like commented back at jack curry and was like passing had it first you're, you're a liar and passing actually commented back at that guy like nope Jack had it two minutes before me. Credit to Jack. He's awesome. Yeah. He he's he's the man. Uh he winner of the trade deadline, Jack Curry. I mean, he's just so good at shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Yankees traded Scott Efros uh, for Hayden Wisniewski, who like you guys are gonna make fun of me because I love everybody, but I did like Hayden Wisniewski. But no, I did. No, I did I love that's um, a Yankee guy. Freak. Yeah, I, I do love Scott Efros. I mean, this guy really under the radar, um, guy uh, from coming from the Cubs, who is really good. I mean, he's he's a little bit like he broke in a little late. Uh, he's 28, but like he's having a good year. He's got a 2.66. But the stat that I was really impressed with uh, was his FIP, which Danny, I feel like we never talk about FIP, but now there's two matches of it twice. Um, explain it's, it. Explain it's, it. It's fielding independent pitching is what it stands for. And it's basically, as Danny said, it's what their ERA would be if the average outcome of every batted ball was, you know, if every play that should be made was made, basically, like every slow roller ground ball that was really a base hit, if that play was made as it should be, his real ERA and the real ERA. So, so his FIP is a 2.18 which is like elite. Fangrass lists 3.2 FIP as being elite. 
Um, so he's got a 2.18, which is lower than Clay Holmes. And, you know, we feel like Clay Holmes, all he does is get out. So uh, Efros is a sinker slider guy. Um, he came in today. He said he was breathing a little heavy, looked nervous, but scoreless inning, in and out of trouble. Um, he had Hershey later. squirts down his legs. That's how nervous he looked. <laughs> I mean, but he, he got the job done. I mean, I said he just he said Scott Efros. That just sounds like one of those names I'm going to look back on and be like, oh, that 2022 World Series run, like Efros was huge. Like, I, I love this move. Um, we, we, I feel like we've talked about this before, too. Like, Cashman's always just going out and getting a sick bullpen arm out of nowhere. And I feel like he's going to be the guy. Especially under Mac, awesome. Matt Blake. Absolutely. That's a new toy for Matt Blake. Uh, really, really fills the hole for Mike King beautifully. Um, I think he is going to be awesome. I love, love, love Scott Efros. Yeah, Brian, I li- I, and also I love what you said today. I think it was you uh, in our group chat when you were like, that just sounds like a name that's going to come through in the postseason. Like Scott Efros. Scott Efros just won us the World Series. Like Scott Efros, great scoreless hitting by Scott Efros, getting us out of trouble. Sounds like like a 96 Yankee to me. Like it really does. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and then, also the big thing about it, like, like you said, he broke in late, but that's the thing for most relievers. A lot of relievers don't really hit their prime until they're like 28 to like 32, even like we've seen relievers come up at 32, 33 and completely hit their stride. But um, yeah, the fact that this guy now, let's say he is great. We have five more years of team control on him. So let like, what 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 who's to say that he's not going to be our next great setup man who knows maybe he could become a great closer if clay holmes doesn't work out i know we all think that clay holmes will but who, who's to say that five more years he's going to be a great yankee for us and pitch in big spots for us for these years so i'm not gonna lie i didn't know who he was before the yankees traded for him um he made judge look silly i remember i that. had i had to do some research on him but initially when i first started watching his highlights i'll keep this quick but he reminded me of like a sidearm Adam Adovino. I don't know if you guys kind of get that vibe a little bit, but that's just like the vibe that I got looking on his delivery and the movement on his pitches and the sequences that I've, that I've seen on like on just basic YouTube highlights. Um, So I'm excited for that because we know how good Adovino I'm not, this is stupid to compare him to Adovino, but Adovino in his prime is obviously great. But if Scott Efros, like Brian said, can be, this guy that can be a world series hero for us. You just never know. So, and like Brian said, we always get these guys, like we've said in the past that Brian Cashman's awesome at finding relievers. So um, this is, this is another, a move to me, a material move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, this kind of wasn't really like you say these random guys he gets this kind of wasn't really a random mood. It, I mean, random, like random, well, like nobody, random, like nobody knows who he is, but like, it's it like, really just takes one quick look at stats and he's not like what a clay Holmes was or what a Joely Rodriguez was like, this I just had no idea the Yankees were even looking in on him is what I mean. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a rumor yeah. ever. Yeah, no, and awesome. And yeah, the, the funky delivery too, that always confuses hitters. I mean, the Jeter even said it on his dock. He hated facing sidearm pitching because it just made the game that much harder because now you have to f- find it from a different arm slot. And we've seen sidearm pitchers kind of suck sometimes, but if you could really find it from that arm slot, it could really mess with a hitter's mind and, and his Matt eyes. Really- Matt Blake has a type, and that type is sinker, sinker slider guys, and that's that's exactly what Efros yeah. is. I mean, that's what Clay Holmes is. He loves those guys. Yeah, Chase. Some of the highlights I watched, he has some crazy movement on some of those yeah. pitches. Even like his oh like two seam yeah. sinker type pitch, I'm it reminded me, honestly, like it kind of reminded me of Clay Holmes, like how much that thing moved into that into righties. Like that's a great pitch, and then he has a good slider. It's a great yeah. move. Um. So grades, boys, grades. I already said A. What do you guys got? I got an A too. I think honestly, like like. Hot take. I think this is the best move the Yankees made. Like over Benintendi. Like, I, I love, love this move. I think this wow. is the best move they made. Interesting. Okay. I think he's going to be huge. I, like I don't that. know. I got such a feeling about it. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. The F dog. 
There you go. Danny? Give us AA. A. Great job. Great job, well, Cash. Now on to the big dog move of the trade deadline. Like I said, we're going in chronological order. Danny was right on the case, right from Penn Station, if you were following, following along on our Instagram. I got some looks for that. Danny was right on it. He says, I mean, I thought Jeff Passon was over there in Penn Station reporting <laughs> on the news. That's how quick he was. But the Yankees made a splash, boys, and we've been waiting for them to make this starting pitcher move. We thought it was going to be Castillo. It wasn't Castillo. We were hoping, me and Danny were saying, hopefully they can get Rodon. It wasn't Rodon. Um, Pablo Lopez was in the mix today. They got Frankie Montas, and they on top of it, they got a reliever, Lou Trevino. Trevino, Trevino to Trevino tonight happened, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see, and he looked really good. Uh, but we'll talk I want to talk about that. Trevino. When, we'll when you we'll talk about his appearance in the coming episode because that's going to be um, episode 20, the official episode 20. But um, where we go over the week. But we're, this is, I mean, so the Yankees gave up J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, and Cooper Bowman, or Bowman, I don't know. But um, we all know J.P. Sears. I mean, J.P. Sears has pitched well for us this year. I liked, I liked Sears a lot. I thought he could be a, an effective pitcher for us down the stretch, especially in um, with the injuries to Mike King and to uh, Chad Green. I thought he could have been very useful for us. Um, Ken Waldachuk, we've heard his name a lot. Um, I think we were all pretty high on him. Showed out in the Future Stars game. Luis Medina is someone that I've personally been high on for a long time. He's got that upper echelon of uh, high-velocity fastball in terms of he could throw 101, but he's always had control problems, um, So, which could be tough for, for a minor league guy to fix. Um, and Cooper Bauman, I think he was a second baseman, or Cooper Bowman. Again, forgive me if I'm butchering, butchering that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I can't speak. But um, yeah, Frankie Montas, boys, how are we feeling? What 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 what's what's the vibe? Awesome, awesome. I mean, I Brian, if you want to talk about Montas a little bit, I kind of want to talk more about Trevino. Uh, if you want to kind of get a little bit Montas in, obviously love Frankie Montas, but if you want to go into some of his numbers for the year and what he could do for us, then I'll talk about Trevino after. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Trevino too. We'll talk about that, but um, Montas is a three point one eight. Uh, he's got a whip of 1.14. Uh, he's good. Like He's good. I think he's really good. I mean, that area is good. He's in the pitchersparko.co, or they even call it that anymore, the Oakland Coliseum, whatever. Um, you know, my one worry is like Sonny Gray situation where he's good because of that park. But Matos is a guy that's, you know, been been good his whole career. I mean, he's had the steroid issues, but he's come back from that, and he's still been like above average starter in this league. We, we um before the year, wanted him like so bad. Like that was yeah. one of our, our big guys we wanted them to get. Um, they didn't. They finally get him now, um, and it's good to see that they needed. Like we all know, they needed needed another starter, um, and this was the once, you know, once Castillo was off the market, this was the guy that we, we knew we were linked to. I know Danny. As soon as the Castillo news broke, you said Montas is a Yankee. Um, you're right about that. I, it's a guy that's going to really help them out. They need another guy like this. He's a, definitely a solid number two. Um, it's a guy that I could say confidently, like I'm confident behind him in a playoff game. Um, which I don't feel necessarily with guys other than Cole, maybe in this rotation. So to have a second guy like that, I think is really good. Um, good move. Good move. I mean, they gave up all the Chuck and Medina's like the main pieces in that um, and Sears, but uh, that move had to be made. We knew, we knew it had to be made. If that's what the asking price took, that's, that's what it was. So. Yeah. I mean, and I, again, I'm in the middle of Penn station. This trade comes out and it's like, wow, this is awesome. So this trade deadline, just, we got two relief, two good relievers, a starting pitcher and an outfielder. Everything we needed 
for just one top five prospect. Yeah, I'm going to miss Waldachuk. I thought I think Waldachuk could be very good. But, again, price you got to pay to make your team better to win now. But Lou Trevino. All right, Brian, good job wrapping up Montas. I think we feel the same way. Love him. Uh, I think he could be really good for us and will be really good for us. But I want to say, talk about Lou Trevino, a guy that has had a lot of success in his career outside of 2019, but he's had a lot of success in his career. But this year, I'm sure if anybody went and watched and looked up Lou Trevino's name, you saw his 647 ERA. Yikes. However, when you dive more into it, that's why I wanted to use FIP because Again, Oakland, especially with guys on shittier teams like that, Oakland, they suck. So they're not going to do much to help you out around around you, like behind you, because a lot of times a pitcher can make a good pitch, but their shortstop is too slow to get to that ball that a normal shortstop would make, or their third baseman can't. Well, fortunately for him, we have the worst shortstop in baseball. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, but the one thing about ICAF is he has good range, all right? So I said the ball in the gap. He can get the good range. But – um. Lutrovino, his FIP is 383. So that's basically what his ERA should be. If he got, you know, not even help, like we're not even saying help on defense, like just got what's supposed to happen on defense, what the average outcome is. And we know the Yankees are the best defensive team in baseball uh, based on advanced metrics, defensive run saves, all that stuff. Yankees are the best defensive team in baseball. So he's going to come here. He has good stuff. He's been good in his career. He's going to get help on defense now. He's going to get the guys that can make the plays in the, the on the balls in the gaps and the balls in the holes. Um, yeah, don't just look at the six four seven ERA. You got to take into account where he's coming from, where he just played, uh, who he has behind him. I think he is going to be really, really good down the stretch. Again, Clay Holmes had over a four ERA. Joely Rodriguez had like over a five ERA when we got him. Uh, just. Yeah, I think he's going to be really, really good. Don't get caught up on, oh, his ERA sucks. Like, this was just a move for Montas. Like, no. They see Trevino as a guy that could really, really help us, not just now, but in the playoffs, and help them get high leverage outs. And awesome. It's not, this trade was not just about Montas. Not it's, just about guy, Montas. it's another guy that fits Matt's Blake type, Matt Blake's type. Um, yep. He's a sinker baller. Like, we always trust Blake to fix things. And not this guy needs to be fixed. He's been quietly good. I know the numbers are bad, but – like Danny said, the numbers don't always tell the whole story. I'm excited for Trevino. This is a guy that we as Yankee fans know the A's really trusted. We saw him in the wild card game right after Liam Hendricks' opener blow up, like and was good, like in that yeah. game. Um, like he he's again been in big spots, been in Yankee Stadium in big spots. Um, I, I again not expecting him at all in the Montas deal, and more at, at the very least at, at his floor, he's good depth. Um, but I think he's actually he's going to be another good piece. Um. And I totally lost my train of thought about him. So, Chase, I guess you got it. Yeah. Um. I mean, Danny, you murdered it. So, I mean, I Thank don't you. know. I don't know what, what else to say about Trevino. Go ahead, Brian. My, I, I got it. Um. I know you didn't want to talk about it. But I'm just gonna say we did see him tonight. He looked absolutely disgusting. <laughs> that, that's all I'm gonna say about it. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. I was, I was actually gonna say that too. Um. We'll go Yankee more in coming. Depth. We'll go more in depth. When the next, when the official episode twenty comes out, but um, I mean, yeah, he looked good tonight, and like, like I don't, I don't know who it was, but one of one of you who just said that he's maybe he'll get high leverage outs, and he did just that tonight. So, yeah. um, it's gonna be interesting to see, and um, of course the headliner Montas, but Chirino is also gonna be someone like Danny said that this isn't just a Montas trade. This is a lot of lot of a uh, lot of positives from this trade, and to me why I'm going to give it this grade. I'm going to give it an A, another A for me. And the reason why it's so high, so you might be thinking, 
Jamal Chase. They could have gotten Luis Castillo. They could have gotten Carlos Rodon, who I was higher on over Frankie Montas. I said that in the last episode. But the reason why I have it so high is because of what we gave up. We didn't have to give up Peraza. And we thought for sure that Peraza was a lock to be traded in one of these deals, right? I think we can all confidently say that we expected him to be gone after this trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's still with us with all these moves that we've made is honestly, to me, kind of mind-boggling. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Yankees will take our advice. Uh, we saw a report that they don't want to move away from IKF yet, but hopefully, <laughs> as Danny's rolling his eyes and sticking his tongue out, Stupid. but hopefully they'll um, they'll make that move. Um, but to me, all around fantastic trade. It's gonna suck to, for me to see Waldachuk and Medina probably locking it down over there in Oakland, but um, we win now. Yeah. It's worth it. Right, win now, A move for me. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to give it an A minus. The minus, I thought coming in, I was going to give it an A. I really did, but uh, the minus is for Montas's injury concern. We said he was hurt for about a month earlier in the season, and he, like we said, he just left his start, his last start with Oakland, um, with a shoulder injury. So if that keeps flaring up and it keeps happening, and it, kind of leaks into the playoffs that would suck and he's not 100 that would suck that's the only reason it's not an a for me and it, i'll put the minus in there just for a little concern like a little something to watch out for watch out for his health there you go i got it right around where danny is i would say b plus a minus i don't like i'm it's still like really good like i'm very happy with the trade but i, I agree with based on what danny said and but credit to Cashman in the front office again for not giving up like yeah. any of the top top prospects that we thought were going to be moved. Like they did a great job, but my ultimatum now is we still have Peraza. Use them as soon as possible. Yeah, and I I just had something to say, and I thought it was a very good point, but I lost it. I lost it. I don't know. <laughs> it's late. It's one a.m. It's one a.m. Another one a.m. recording session. You forgot about it. Brian's right. It's it, it's a one a.m. recording sesh. Retired. Uh, me oh. and Ch- me and Chase were out late at the Yankee game last night. So. Yeah, really fun game, really fun game. If you saw our Instagram story, Brian quit on us, but um, <laughs> it was it was um, um, for them to get this deal done without doing any of the three of of Peraza, Volpe, and Dominguez is pretty mind boggling. Considering the the haul that that the Mariners that we spoke about gave up, and a lot of a lot of imp- uh, insiders and reporters were saying that it was going to take that type of deal to pry Montas from the from the Athletics, so. Um, for me, that's why it's an A, an A deal. So, um, moving on from the Monta, oh, go, were you going to say? I, did, I just want to make one point: is that we were higher, all of us, I think, higher on Rodon than Montas. Um, and even after the Montas trade, we still wanted Rodon, like to get both of them. And while I still do want that, he was never moved. So that to me seems like the Giants were asking for too high of a price because you know a lot of teams were inquiring. So you know what? If they, I, I'm going to trust them, and if they really didn't want to give up whatever they were asking for, I'm going to trust them, considering that no other team wanted to deal with him anyway. Yeah, yeah Chase. We talked about what we thought that uh, it would take less to give up to get Rodon than it was Montas, but I think that ended up not being the case because the Giants again they're in that kind of sort of weird limbo. Like, do we sell or do we try to win? And it came out that they were kind of selling. Like Jock was on the trade block. Hey, that rhymes. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've, and then the report came out that they are willing to move Rodon, but it's going to be a high asking price. So right there, I told, I texted in the group chat. If you guys remember, I texted like the price is going to be too high. Like I don't want to give up a lot for Rodon. If we, like even after the Montas trade, when we wanted both of them, I didn't want to give up really Peraza for Rodon if, or and multiple good prospects. He's, he's for totally Rodon. a rental, is he not? He's done, right? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He has an opt-out after this year, and yeah. apparently that was the reason why teams were so skeptical of trading for him because they think no matter what, he's going to opt out, and of course, if he gets hurt, he would opt in, mm-hmm. collect the money. Hey. And let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get him in the offseason. Yeah. So we will. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have a Carlos Rodon breaking news free agency episode. Who knows? But okay. um, moving on from the Frankie Montas um, trade. Here we go. Here we here go. Comes arguably the biggest move of the deadline um head scratcher move danny covered this a little bit before in his loser bracket of um trade deadline special what wait, wait. oh wait i thought no, no keep going joe what? gallo yeah i thought danny was going to talk about the other one and i was not letting us go without talking about gallo yeah. were you danny were you headed for the vinyl one no gallo first okay oh okay okay joe gallo danny you covered this up a little bit um in return, the Yankees got Clayton Beater. Great name. So Clayton Beater, I saw I saw someone I saw someone made a uh, Twitter one of those Twitter edits where it's like "Wake up, babe!" Like Yanks just got the next Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Beater. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just funny. I thought it was funny, <laughs> but um, I mean, he was the 15th ranked prospect in the Dodgers system. So for them to even get anything for this guy, um, pretty pretty inspirational is how I want to put it. Inspirational. So. Um, I mean, Danny, we heard your thoughts. So I'll start with Brian. We heard your thoughts on the loser, losers bracket. Brian, Joe Gallo, have at it. Uh, first of all, I want to say Clayton Beaters are 10th prospect now. So like, I don't know how they did it, but they, they got like a valuable prospect who's been terrible this year, but valuable prospect. But it is so sad to see Joe go. And I know people are going to listen to him and be like, what are you talking about? But we have talked <laughs> so much about Joey Gallo on this podcast. And like to think that like it's over now is like, <sighs> it's really like the end of an era and that sounds crazy, but like, it really is like, he was the focal point of so many conversations, not just among us, but among every fan. Like that's all you just would hear about. Cause I mean, the team's so good. They're, what are they? 70 and 43 or see all the negatives were just about Joey Gallo. Um, which is so sad. Cause like, you know, I love the guy as a person feels so bad for what he went through here. Um, but uh, anybody was reading those absolutely heart-wrenching quotes about how he didn't even want to leave his apartment and go outside because he knew people were going to bash him and like he didn't want to show his face uh, right here and he let himself down and the whole city down and all that like terrible heartbreaking stuff. Um, mind-boggling, dude. He, he was, you could even see, I mean, those interviews were conducted a few days ago, so he was mentally off the team for how, who knows how long. He's been off the team in his mind for a while. It could be weeks, months. Um, yeah. Month, I'd say a month and, at least. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm going to root for Joey Gallo yeah. so, so much, unless the Dodgers play us in the World Series, of course. Um, that would be absolutely frightening. World Series hero Joe Gallo. So as much as <laughs> I like, want him to succeed, I, I don't even think he's going to be good there. Like, no offense. <laughs> no, no offense. He, he, yeah, he's as, uh, as much as, as if he couldn't take any more offense. Yeah, but, like, it's just such a sad ending to it. It's, it's like, like, I don't know, just such a sad ending for Joe. It's unfulfilling yeah. is what it is. Yeah. But in another way, like the positive spin, like he needed to get out of here. He was mentally out of here. Like we said, you know, he made like, it seemed like they were all close with him and like felt bad for him. If you saw like the one of the, oh, the worst quote, which I'm going to like paraphrase quickly here was, did you see if you guys saw the one about the Royals players? He said like teams from other yeah. uh, players from other teams were reaching out to him. And he said that after the Royal series, he got a lot of texts from them saying like, keep your head on men and all that. And he said, he used to see them, you know, in Kansas City when they were bad and they're, they're getting booed off their own field. And he used to think how bad he felt for them. And now he's thinking, that's me. Like, I'm that guy now getting absolutely crushed every game, like by the fans and by the media. And I don't know, he he could 
on the field be the worst Yankee I've ever seen. Um, but <laughs> as a person, as a person, I genuinely wish the guy so much success and genuinely like I always have a special spot in my heart for Joe Gallo. Yeah, we all will. We all will. Really, really quick before Danny, I don't know if you had anything else to say because I know you recapped it a little bit earlier. But I, Brian, you said your saddest quote. I think my saddest quote from today's interview that came out with I think it was uh newjersey.com that like that news uh source um i think the saddest quote from that was when he's i'm gonna again i'm gonna paraphrase it like you did he said he said um i love these guys in the clubhouse like these are my brothers or something like that and he was like i don't want to leave them he's like but it's all like a fresh start and it's sad because like imagine just like getting up and like walking out on your family that you've known for the last year it's like They've gotten so close. They've gotten so close. They're such a good team. Like, I can only, I mean, lucky for him, obviously, he gets rid of the Dodgers. Like, they're another sick team. So, we'll be competing for a a World Series ring. But it's just sad. Like, those relationships, like, are over. Like, I don't know, man. It's, you don't think about it as a fan because obviously you don't have to go through it. But when you truly do break it down in your mind, it's like, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling to me to think about really how trades work, honestly. Um, but yeah, and Danny, if you have anything, I'll let you can go into that. Yeah, I, I won't talk anymore about Joey Gallo. It does. It makes me sad. But I just wanted to say a quick thing on uh, Clayton Beater. Um, 23 years old. A little different direction. Yeah, a little different direction. A little uh, more upbeat. The guy we got. Uh, Clayton Beater, he's now our 10th prospect, like Brian said. He was the 15th prospect in L.A. This year in double A, he has a five seven five ERA, and they don't do FIP for the minor leaguers. So I can't give you that, even though that was that's the hot topic of this episode not episode but he had success at texas tech obviously that's why he's in the that's why he's in the minor leagues but if he's already our 10th prospect that means he he has potential he has been solid in his previous stints at minors kind of i mean he had three at six last year which is fine in high a he hasn't really been that good but maybe a guy that could eventually and help us out and i don't think he's going to be a starter i think he would probably be more of a reliever if he ever makes it to the major leagues but again it was a good it was good to get joey gallo out are we gonna do grades for this one too chase i was i was literally as you said that i was thinking of what my grade would have been i literally don't know because unfortunately an a plus yeah a plus an a plus because i've given an a to like all these trades is it even fair to me fair to me gets another a i mean a plus given man like they i was not expecting anything in return like literally nothing like i was expecting like a player to be named later like maybe like a cash like Danny said once like garden salsa sunships like something like that could have seen it good yeah. garden salsa sunships are fire I they love got them. they're better than joey gal they could probably do what Montrose. he does at the plate. Yeah. They could a few times a game. and someone said I, today like you could trade a trash can for him at least a trash can has a use like you could throw your garbage in it joey gallo did nothing i'd rather put a trash can up to the plate too wow um, i mean really this is way to kick a guy when he's down right here <laughs> yeah really holy shit it's and just it's another true. another Sucks. point on another point on Joel Gallo. Um, <laughs> I remember how personally excited I was when they first traded for him. Um, I mean, when he was with Texas, he was an electric player. So, I mean, he literally couldn't have been anything more of a polar opposite with the New York Yankees of what we thought we were getting. I mean, we knew he was going to strike out a lot, and I had him at like forty-one home runs this year. I mean what a turn of events this guy has taken. I yeah. mean, he's not even with the team. We're not even going to get to conclude in a Danny's drinking. No water. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
That was like that's like the funniest thing I've seen. I didn't even I on wasn't this even... entire podcast, whatever what the do? hell that was. <laughs> what was it? I went to go drink the water, but there's nothing left in it. So when I put it to my <laughs> mouth, I was I got surprised that nothing came out. He, of he, like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, what was I even saying? I don't, I don't know, man. Know. It's one a.m. Whatever. We'll move on. Um, grades. Rest we'll, in peace, Joe Gallo. Grades. I'll let. I'll let. We'll let the fans get their grades out. They can think of their grade for themselves. Final trade. Final trade of the. Yeah. Yeah. Final All right. Trade, All right, final, baby. Final trade of the day. Danny strapped up. Let me just give. Let me just give the details really quick. Jordan Montgomery. Now I know who you're all thinking. The Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, I know. I, I've been on record. I'm not the biggest Jordan Montgomery fan. I think he's so mid, as we would all say. He's so mid. Jordan Montgomery went out to City Field. He threw he threw two and two and a third innings with five earned runs. He had a solid start against um in his last very last start with the Yankees. Um, who was it against? Who did we play was was who was it we play last series? Why am I blanking? Anyone know who we played literally the last? Oh, the Royals, the Royals, the Royals. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought well, yeah, the Royals. Very it was two days start. ago, man. Very last start with the Royals. It was a solid start. And this trade came from out of absolutely fucking nowhere, for lack of a better term. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, and I don't curse. I don't curse a lot on this pod. So, um, okay. Jordan Montgomery straight up for Harrison Bader. So, gold glove center fielder from the um, St. Louis Cardinals. I almost said Arizona Cardinals. Um, Let's do positive, negative, or sorry, we'll do negative, positive, negative, because I know, I think me and Brian are in agreement here. How about you guys just get your negative in, and I'll play devil's advocate after. Okay. Brian, take take us off. Literally nothing makes sense about this trade to me, and I know what Danny's going to say, and I'm, I'm going to try to counter it before you even say it, but. Stop, that's messed up. <laughs> it's just like. Why? Like, I can't really think of any good reason to make this trade. Okay, Chase is even saying that Montgomery is mid, which for you boomers out there, he, it means he's more, like painfully average. Um, and while I agree, sometimes you need that for death on the on this rotation. I've always been a Monty guy. He's a homegrown Yankee. He's he like yes, he'll have bad starts, but he does have good start, like really good starts at times, and he's proven it in the playoffs. Like we've been able to trust him in the playoffs for his whole uh, Yankee tenure. Um, he you want to talk about relationship with Gallo has only been here for a year. The guy's been a Yankee literally his whole career. Um, and has come up like you know, it's kind of something you forget about. He's come up with the whole current Yankees core in the minors. Um, they you know, CC always loved him when CC was here. Like he's he's you know, like a good like a rotation guy. Uh, and just on the field, like he was a good guy to send out there every five days. If nothing else, like you know, he'll give you like a little length, like he's not gonna completely implode, like it's kind of rare. He he was a good, like an average starter, which you need on a team like this, I think, because we have so many question marks in the rotation. Savvy's on the 60 day, 60 day, 60 day IL, and he's pissed about it. He like, he thinks he's fine. Um, So there's something, I don't know what that is. You have Cole, then you have, you can't trust Tyone as much as I love that guy. And you have uh, Montas, as we already said, is hurt. So I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, Nestor, do we really trust him? I don't know. We have Domingo Herman still on this team somehow. I don't know what they were doing this. And that's just why trade Monty. The return, Harrison Bader. This guy sucks. Like he, he's terrible. He, he's one of the worst hitting hitting baseball players there is. Like you can find. Like he, he's horrendous. He's in the first percentile of average exit velocity, the fourth percentile of hard hit percentage. He doesn't even walk. He's in the eighth percentile of, of walk percentage. 
He's terrible. He's a black hole at the plate. And when they made this move, it was clearly for defense and speed because that's the only two things Harrison Bader's good for. Yes, he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the MLB, if not the best, and he's insanely fast. But what I said right away is that you have Tim LaCastro on this team already who you don't have to give up Jordan Montgomery for. You have him on, on the roster already. He's going. He's faster than Vader. He plays great defense. So why give up? It's, you're not just giving up anybody. You're giving up a, your middle-of-the-rotation guy for Harrison Bader, who, by not to mention, is in a walking boot right now. He's going to be out for weeks. They, they justify this by saying they want to get Judge off his feet or whatever and keep him out of center. But he's not. He, Judge is going to have to play center until this guy gets back, and who knows when that even is. So I know everyone's saying this is a move for the playoffs, this is the move for the playoffs. And even that I still don't understand because, again, it, it takes away your starter depth now. Guys could get hurt up until the playoffs, and that could totally fuck right. us. And then you have Bader, who you're not trading a solid rotation guy like Jordan Montgomery for a guy that's going to come in as a defensive replacement in the eighth or ninth in the playoffs for like one inning a game. So that means they plan on Harrison Bader starting and getting real at bats in the playoffs, which absolutely makes no sense to me considering the current caliber of outfielders you have on the team. You have, you have obviously Benintendi, Stanton, and Judge. Then you have Hicks. Then you have LaCasha, who's literally Harrison Bader. It's the same player. And again, if Harrison Bader... Esteban playing, Floreal. Exactly. Uh, if Harrison Bader's playing center field... Who is not playing for the Yankees? And that's a huge question mark. I loved every single thing the Yankees did, and they pulled us off of the buzzer and really left a sour taste in my mouth. I absolutely hate this move and don't get it. I'm sorry. Um, I'll, I'll give my quick thoughts. Brian, you absolutely nailed it. You're good. I'll clap it up for you. I mean, you nailed it. You So many thoughts. I was, I'm um, still thinking about it. <laughs> like you said, this was a buzzer beater deal, so this came out of absolutely nowhere. Um. At, at the time when this trade went down, the Yankees were heavily rumored for Pablo Lopez, the Marlins um, starting pitcher that was obviously rumored to get dealt. And I saw John Heyman was tweeting about it. John Morosi was like, it's like Yankees heavily in the mix. Yankees pushing hard, blah, 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 blah. Like this could be a buzzer beater deal. So I figured, okay, they just traded Montgomery and they're about to get Pablo Lopez. Like, like, I love it. Like, I love this. I love what they're doing. I think that's an upgrade. But, but I, I, I almost feel <laughs> it's mind boggling. I can't even put my my thoughts into words because it's mind boggling, and I've said mind boggling a couple times today. But I almost feel like like Brian Cashman felt like a Pablo Lopez deal was gonna happen, and then he made this move on impulse, and then like the Marlins backed out. Like I know it's probably not I, what I happened, disagree. but I feel like there, it's it's a possibility. Of Cashman's not that happened. stupid. It's not that stupid, Danny. This this move, I'm just gonna get out. I'm, I'm gonna get my grade out there. This is this is an F move to me. This move this move is an F. I literally I don't understand it. Like Brian said, they have the outfielders already. They have LaCastro. They have Hicks. They have Judge. They have Stanton. They have Floreal. They've been using Carpy in the outfield, and and Carpy Carpy's obviously not an outfielder. He's not a great defender. But if you're not gonna use Carpy for his bat, then where are you gonna get him in the lineup? He's got to play the outfield if he's if he's on fire. So, all right. Look, (laughs) Matt Carpenter cannot be playing an outfield position in October. He cannot. That is a liability. He cannot. But but here's the point. Here's the point. If his bat is on, say his bat's on fire, say DJ's on fire, say Glaber's on fire, how do you take one of those guys out of the order? You could take Donaldson out. No, you can't because then you have DJ DJ at third and you have Glaber at second. Then what do you do with Carpy? Stan can't play the outfield. He can. Bader isn't going to play every day. How can he play the outfield? He's already had two IL stints. 
I mean, come to October, I feel like they're going to do whatever they want. But look, look, again, I'm not going to even say right now in my defense of it that it's a good trade. I am honestly going back and forth on this trade. But, Brian, it is a move for the playoffs. We've seen it so in so many years in a row. Trent Grisham single-handedly knocked the Brewers out of the playoffs a couple years ago. Defense is so important come October. And statistically, the Yankees are the best defensive team. I said it before. They are the best defensive team in the league. However, where the numbers say they lack and where the numbers say actually is the worst position on your team, you're thinking, probably shortstop, right? No. Their worst position on the on the team in terms of the advanced stats has been center field. I think Judge Aaron has been is playing it for the first eighty games. Yeah, I, exactly. But again, Judge off his feet, which is great. I mean, honestly, good. Judge is obviously look. But Judge is better in right field. Judge is exactly. you're saying you're saying you're saying Judge is better in center than he is right. No, he's not. Judge is better in right field than he is in center field. Obviously, that is That's very not the clear. Argument. Harrison Bader is not good anywhere. He, he's great in center. He's one of the best defensive centerfielders. I know, but you can't keep his bat in the lineup. You can't. Look, yeah, you can't. Because look. Over who? Defense defense matters in the playoffs. He has He's in the 92nd percentile on outs above average, 94th percentile on sprint speed. You say him and Tim LaCastro are the, are the same player? Yeah, and he's in, no, a walking not. Boot. he's in a walking boot right now. Yeah, exactly. You say when that comes off, he's not going to run? Like, he's supposed to be back for the playoffs. He is supposed to be back for the playoffs. And look. He's not the same player as Tim LaCastro. He's going to play better defense than Tim LaCastro, obviously. When was the last time you saw Tim LaCastro play center? He doesn't. He doesn't play center. He's a lot faster but, than him. Okay, he's faster than him. But again, 94th percentile speed is still well, 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 well above average. And that'll be faster than anybody else the Yankees have besides LaCastro. And look, his, his, at, his bat is going to be kind of a black hole. I mean, he's in 256. It's not terrible. I mean. Look at the advanced stats. He can't ball hard for his life. I know. And he doesn't I know. Walk. And look, when you have one black hole in the lineup, then okay. Like, we're, we're hoping Peraza comes up and we get a different shortstop. When you have that one black hole in the lineup of that, you know, sure fire that he is not going to miss a ball in center. Anything hitting the air in center is his. You might as well hit it on the ground because you're not getting it past him, Brian. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. A <laughs> uh, uh, little inside me. joke. little inside joke. But Jordan Montgomery, the All piece of, of Jordan Montgomery. The Let- fear of FOMO. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Anyway, the thing about Jordan Montgomery, like you said, mid, painfully average. And we bring him up FIP a lot. His FIP is actually worse than his ERA, which is the first time that we are going to be talking about that. So that's at a 391. Uh, so that's near four ERA, which you kind of wouldn't want in your rotation come playoff time. And when you're in the playoffs, you go with three, maybe four man rotation, right? So it'll be Cole, who I trust, Montas, who I trust, Nestor, who I think I trust. Now it's that fourth spot. I say it's going to be Tyone. However, that Tyone spot at the fourth, if we even need four, we could go three. And if we're, especially if we're winning the postseason, we could only use need three. Um, but that fourth spot is going to be Tyone. And Tyone is going to be on a very short leash. If Tyone gets into an ounce of trouble, he's gone. And then we have I'd rather Sevi have Monty on the short leash than Tyone. Ty- what? Monty, Monty has playoff innings. Tyone has no playoff innings. I mean, yes, and Mon- but Monty's been again, an effective they saw, pitcher. They I saw the his, defense. I looked. I looked at his at, at Monty's playoff stats um, when he got traded. I think he had like a two point four ERA in the playoffs. Um, I have it right here. Yeah. And they they looked at defense over that. They they wanted defense, and they saw 
They see Tyone as solid. They see Tyone as solid, but they know they have Sevi coming back. They know they have Sevi coming back, hopefully. Is he though? Is he though? He's hurt every year. You don't know. Like Brian said, like Brian said, he's pissed he's on the 60-day IL. That I think I think them putting him on the 60-day IL was more for caution because they need him back in the playoffs. And I said this last week. He he profiles as a reliever. I think Domingo Herman out of the pen also can be really, really good out of the pen. I mean, we've seen Domingo Herman. He's had two solid starts in a row. I think Domingo Herman out of the bullpen is better than Domingo Herman starting a game because he comes in, he's thrown hard, and relieve Tyone after the third inning, after the fourth inning. Really, Montgomery, it was going to be a decision between Montgomery and Tyone. Obviously, they made the decision to go Tyone because Tyone and Montgomery have basically been the same, both very mid and just one's a righty and one's a lefty. Really, that's it. We have our lefty Inessa Cortez for the playoffs. Um, and then Harrison Bader is going to give you a great defense and center. And look, I'm not going to say sit here and say we won this trade because I don't think we won the trade. I think Jordan Montgomery to go into St. Louis and facing him this weekend is going to be rough, and he's going to be good there. But my what my motive was, I wanted to answer the why. Everybody's just, why is this happening? Why, 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 why? That's what I wanted to do because defense we've seen is so important in the playoffs. So, 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 so important. And it doesn't matter how good Judge has been in center. It doesn't matter. If there's any way you could solidify and make your team that much better on defense, and we hope Peraza comes up. So then it's a bat in the lineup. It's another bat in the lineup. And we hope, we hope that's the case. But their defense was fine, though. That's the point. Their defense but again, was fine before they see move. center field. They saw center field as a point, as a, as an opportunity. The only to logical, get a lot better. That, that, there's nothing. The only logical down. explanation that I have behind this trade is two reasons. The two reasons being that a maybe they're worried about Stanton's health in the field, which is totally viable. B maybe they're worried about Hicks Hicks's health in the field. We've seen him go down with injury a lot, and he's obviously a valuable asset in the outfield. Obviously, Judge has had his share of injuries we, we talk about that we've talked about that in the past maybe like you said then they want to keep him off his feet but they're a trading for a guy that's hurt and b i think this move would only make sense to me is if they actually start using clark schmidt in a role where he's meant to be at the starting pitcher if they don't use him in this role this trade makes absolutely no sense to me because this opens up a perfect how do you how do you continue to start domingo herman over clark schmidt how do you do it? Clark Schmidt, though, has been great in the high leverage innings in the at the end of the game, coming out of the bullpen. And I think I think Clark Schmidt should stick in that role. Domingo Roman, he's gotten his innings. Like he's gotten, he's been a solid five the last couple. Like he got lit up in Houston, but since then he's had two starts: Mets, Seattle. I know we don't want to talk about games in this episode, but you have to. Like he's been solid. Like what you wouldn't ask for much more of what he's done in those two starts. And again, he's not going to be starting a postseason game unless, let's say, the the last two months he completely flips the switch and he's awesome which is not going to happen but again we don't have to start herman in games come postseason we are a lock for that alds we're a lock to start in that alds whether it's the one seed or the two seed so we know we're getting there we know we're getting there so the back end of our rotation really doesn't matter right now like yeah it matters but we're a lock for that end of the alds unless we completely fall off which we're not going to do so you're looking at it come playoffs what how do we see our rotation and again, you need you had to pick because what what would what were you gonna do with the one you didn't pick between Tyone and Montgomery? What were you gonna do? I don't I wouldn't trust neither either of them coming out of the bullpen. I don't think either of them have the stuff to come I don't out of the think bullpen. That's and fair, though. I don't think that's I don't fair think to are. assume. 
No, they're just, they're I, I think it is such a big risk now. Exactly though, but hey, risk. You have to pray. You have to take risk. Pray if you don't day. risk it, you don't get the biscuit. You know the saying. But that just it wasn't a move that needed to be made. I, I don't know. I, I just you like they're praying now that nobody gets hurt. And when has that ever gone well for the Yankees? Danny, I just want to hear. Yeah, it's okay, the so home it, stretch right now. We're in the home stretch. All right, we're in a playoff game. Harrison Bader's your starting center fielder. Mm-hmm. Who else has gone on the field for you? All right, so we got obviously Benny in left, Judge in right, Stanton DH. Where's Carpenter? Um, well, Carpenter again, he could be a guy that comes in and pitch hits. He could play third. I mean, we give, but no, Carpenter off the bench is such a solid bat, and we see like in the postseason these guys that come off the bench play huge roles in the game. And again, he could be. I keep saying again. I feel like I feel like I'm a broken record. But if you adopt, again, dot, God damn it, I said it again. I said it again. <laughs> no, but Donaldson struggling. You get him out of the lineup. You put Carpy at third. It's it's really you could do so many things. You could put no, Stanton wait, wait. right for one. You could put Stanton in right for one game. You could if put Carpenter's at third. Where's DJ? And if DJ's at second, Glaber has actually been struggling a little bit. So if Glaber has a bad matchup, again, this is where you play the matchups. Matchups are so important throughout the whole season. You got to play the matchups. The Yankees are getting too. You know what this what this smells like to me. It's too cute. It smells like they're getting too fancy and they're gonna outsmart themselves again, like they did in twenty twenty. Yes. I don't think so. I, I agree that defense is huge. And uh, listen, until Harrison Bader makes a game-saving catch for us and to win the World Series, I'm not going to be excited about this move. Yeah. And if we win a World Series, whether Harrison Bader did anything or not, who cares? <laughs> if, we, if we win a World Series. But it just gives you that that outfield that – like nothing is getting down our outfield. Judge is awesome in right. Benintendi is awesome in left. Bader is awesome in center. There is no nowhere you can hit it. Hit it on the ground. You have to because you're not – it's well, not touching the if it's first. going if it's in the air Bader's, to the outfield, it's not touching down. Bader's gotta actually be able to walk first before he can run. So we'll see how but, that happens. That you don't is gonna a, come back and be that same guy. You just don't. He doesn't he's not gonna lose his speed. Like he's he's gonna be fast. He's gonna be fast. He's not gonna lose his on a, speed. On, on a foot injury, Danny? Come on. It's plantar fasciitis. It's not it's like a isn't that in the foot? Okay, yeah. Mr. Physical Therapist's son over here. <laughs> He'll obviously be able to run because he wouldn't be an the Yankees got also a player to be named later, just in case Bader isn't going. But you're like oh, you said, you're taking a risk. Great. I Will love Arenado. That's my favorite guy. I hope he's I hope he starts in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah I love taking risks, and we've we need to take risks. We haven't won. You got to take a risk. And if you if they they view Harrison Bader as the guy that can make those catches, and it doesn't even have to be a game saving, game winning diving play, Brian. It's not that. It's the place he makes look easy that's the point that's again with fit. i'm very much aware i'm just i just don't get it to give i'm just you you don't think they could have given up something less than like your the middle of your rotation they probably they probably could have they so probably could have why not why couldn't they, they have given up steve exactly they've always they've they could i would have been fine with giving up five random but the cardinals honestly. are the cardinals are a win now team as well so they saw jordan montgomery as a way to strengthen their rotation and the yankees rotation it didn't get worse. It got better with the addition I, I of Montas. It did get worse. No, with the addition of Montas? I don't think no, it got worse. Just that trade. You, okay, do you think? With, uh, no, obviously with just that trade, yes, the rotation for the rest of the season got worse. But I don't think the playoff rotation got worse. I don't really you know, don't think the playoff. They're going to make it there. God forbid one of these we, guys. You don't think we're going to make it to the playoffs? <laughs> no, I mean, make it there with the rotation that you're talking about. <laughs> Again, that's the risk they're taking, and I love risks. That's what I'm. T- that's what I'm. Pion saying. has injury history. Sevy, I don't. All he does is get hurt. I know, but Sevy isn't even a part of my playoff. Nestor's rotation. already way. I know, but I'm saying if Pion's high in Sevy has to be, then, then Sevy might be gone. 
Or, yeah. I mean, you could even put Herman in that, which again, won't be, Herman won't be sucks. confident. Herman. He doesn't suck. He hasn't sucked. He has not sucked. All right. He has not sucked. He Let's sucked against grades. the Astros, but Let's he's been. Grades. Okay. F. Hard F. I have, go, I mean, I already said I have enough. So. I'll go C. C. C minus, which again, we didn't win the trade. C or no, C minus. I, C or C minus. I don't think we won the trade. I'll go C minus. I don't think we won the trade, but I see where they're coming from. And I think so if it's, it's if so the risk risky. pays off, if the risk pays off, this will be a win trade for us. If this risk pays off, Bader's back. We win a World Series and Bader plays great in center. Our pitching rotation stays healthy throughout the season. I think it could go up to a B. Go up to a B. Let, let, it, well, again, it's the risk of the pitching rotation staying healthy. Sometimes you got to take a risk if you think your team will be that if you think your team will be better. Then you got to take the risk. Well, Brian Cashman better hope it pans out because, like I said, I feel that's like that's a fireable. Like they're move. they're they're getting too cute, and we saw that in 2020, and that's exactly how they lost yeah. when they got too cute and they but out they outplayed themselves in 2020. Just, I would rather I would rather, and this is so weird for me to say because you know, I whenever I do I'm gonna be the show rebuilds whatever. Prioritize <laughs> the offense. Prioritize the offense, and that's all I'm saying. Always say prioritize the offense. Worry about the defense later. Pitch, but pitching, pitching we've was, seen how good, how important defense is, and I cannot watch Matt Carpenter in right field in a playoff game. You just can't do you're it. You're not gonna have to. You would have to. Where would Carpenter play if you don't have Bader? Where would Carpenter play? You would, where would Sam play? Right. You you. But you're the one who you said that he can't play right because he's. I didn't injured. say that. I never said he can't play right. All right, Chase. Where would he's Carpenter had, play? He's what? Stans had, two, Stans had two IL stints. What makes you so, so he, confident that they're going to put him back in right? No, that's what oh, I'm saying. This is, this is me. I'm just saying. If, that's what I'm saying. No, Chase, Chase. If we don't have Harrison Bader, again, still, where does Carpenter play? He can slot in anywhere. He can still slot in anywhere. But where does he play on an everyday basis? Right field? You want him in right field in the playoffs? Well, if his bat is absurd, yeah, I do. I don't want him out of the lineup. You could use his bat. Or, I mean, Bader could come in in the sixth inning of defense. You get a home run out of Carpenter and have Bader for the second half. Like, so just there's, said so, though, I'm there's, fine with there's so many things they could do. Natural. There's so many things they could do, but they view Vader as, Bader as not being that guy that they're probably going to slot in. But again, if you want to get Car- – God, why do I keep saying that? But if you want Carpenter to play and there's a good matchup on the mound against us for Carpenter – then yeah, maybe you throw him in right for a game, but I you can't go a full playoff series with Carpenter in right field. You just can't. You can't really go a full playoff series with Bader in center the way he hits. Here's my final point. If there's one black hole at the bottom, I here's my final saying, point. We the want Yankees, Peraza to come up. The Yankees can't hit to begin with in the playoffs. So how do we put a guy like Harrison Bader who can't hit to begin with at all in the in a playoff lineup? How do you do that? How do you do that? The past years the Yankees have been eliminated has not been because of their defense, because of their because lack of, of their hitting. Offense. So, so you're going to put in a guy who literally can't hit. Like, I don't get it. They're relying on their offense they have. And they still have Carpenter. It's not like Carpenter's going away. And trust the process. They're gonna, they have a plan. They have a plan. And don't shit on it until we see it. If, they, if, if we get to October and they completely mishandle this whole situation, then I'm going to look back and be like, yeah, that was stupid. And I, I'm still not saying we won the trade. Like, probably lost the trade but from their point of view what they're doing and i think we should wait and see how they use it because there's so many different ways they could do this and i want to see their plan because they wouldn't have made this trade without a plan and i think it's silly to kind of say it's an f it could very well be an f trade but it also could be a b trade it's hard to 
I don't think it could be an A. It, it's hard <laughs> to sh- completely shit on it when we don't really know the full plan. And I want to, I want to trust our organization. I want to trust they know what they're doing because this season has been different than all other seasons. So I want to trust and I want to see what they do in October. And I want to reevaluate this trade in October. If they completely mishandled it, the mess, I'll look back F, but if they use it right, Bader has been huge for us and left, making in center, making all the plays, maybe gets on base, steals a couple bases. (laughs) If he steals a couple bases, they're yeah, planning on him to come out back. Okay, again, and if he doesn't come back, then F. But if he, they have a plan, they are a confident of, he's going to make it unknowns. back. They are confident he's going to make it back, and I just want to see how they're going to use it, how they're going to do it. I want to see how, and I'll reevaluate in. That's why I, I think it's unfair to grade a trade like this now because it's a trade for October. So when it comes October, I want to reevaluate how this trade was based on their plan. And based on their system of using him and using the whole offense and using all of their players and getting maximizing the potential of the roster. I want to see how, what their plan is on doing that come October. Then let's reevaluate. All right. Then let's reevaluate. I trust Fine. them too. We'll reevaluate in October. I trust them too. And I do see what they're doing. I don't think I agree with it, but I see what they're doing. Um, and I, I don't like it, but um. I don't want this to be such turn to such a crazy negative thing because I loved what they did at the deadline. Like other than that, like they, they really improved themselves. We talked about, we had that whole Astros like back and forth. Um, I think they've set themselves up after this deadline to compete with them in a lot more ways. Like they're, they're deeper. They're, they're filled some holes. The last thing that we need to fix is IKF, but I love everything to the deadline besides that one move, but great, great deadline for the Yankees. I think they're the clear number two behind the Padres winners. And you think that winner of the deadline, you mean not roster, not like best team. You're talking winner of the deadline yeah. right behind the Padres. Yeah. Um, so you think that it pushed them that much better to beat the Astros now? I didn't right. say beat. I said, okay, I'm more, here we go. I said, I'm more confident with the, with, with the moves they made. Definitely. Oh. What do you mean? If you're confident, you, th- you think they could beat the Astros? Yes or no? Do you think they could beat? Because the- a week ago, you're saying they can't beat the Astros. Do I think they can now? Yes. Am I confident? In it? I'm more confident, in it, but I'm not like give me the Astros like you are. I mean, it's not give me the Astros, but I'd be excited to see the Astros. Did you not say that? Like I've said, give me the Astros. No, I, that was more for the dramatic effect. But yeah, I would love if we played the Astros. Right. I love the backs, the, the get back opportunity. Oh, here it is. But I like the ability to get back and win after losing a lot it's it'll it'll feel better all right chase is texting us we got four minutes this is a longer episode than we thought yeah we we anticipated this to be like a half hour episode so we're idiots but um yeah great i thought it was a great deadline up until the final move we'll have to see we'll reevaluate in october um danny has his valid side me i think me i think brian and i have our valid side so we'll have to see let us know what you think. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at official STN pod on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Um, this is only the beginning of our Instagram. What you saw yesterday, Danny did a great job in doing what he did while we were at the game. Um, so that's at spread in the news. Again, Twitter is at official STN pod and subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube. If you're not subscribed already, like the video at spread in the news on YouTube. Um, look for updates on instagram and twitter about our tiktok true look be on the lookout for that and that's all i've got um thank you all for tuning in this has been chase 
Brian. Danny, go Yanks. Recipes to Vince Gully, baseball legend. Recipes to Vince Gully, just. We will be back to our regularly scheduled programming on Monday. Last thoughts, Danny? You had a, you had one final thought it sounded like. No, just rest in peace, Vince Scully. Legend. Okay. R.I.P. Thank you all. See you Monday. Peace. Peace.